Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. My cup is so full. But honestly, you've kept it pretty full for 40 years. I want to thank, it's just so many folks to thank quickly, but I, I must do that. I won't have another chance. I want to thank our worship team. Uh, they're the best. And they met with me a month ago and knew this uh, weekend was coming and and uh, let me have some inputs and to uh, some of the things that are some of my favorites uh, through the years. And, uh, and I thank them for honoring that. They do just such a, such a wonderful job in lifting praises to God. And, and then it's just a pure joy. It's rare, uh, probably true in your family as well, to get our family together. It seems like in these days, if you can get them together, the only time you can get folks together is when somebody dies. Okay. Well, I don't plan to do that anytime soon. Okay, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm leaving a position. It's one of those things, I'm leaving, but I'm not going anywhere. Okay, I'll still be in your way at times. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just grateful, and I, I want to say how grateful I am to you. Uh, you're, you're over these years, uh, your patience uh, with, uh, with me and my growth and uh, leadership and style, your, your forgiveness and understanding, your generosity, uh, confidence, trust. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the words uh, in these moments, but just know that so much of what God has done in my journey over these 40 years has been because of you and people like you over the years, whose passion has been to follow Christ and to help others to do the same. And my family is grateful to the first family for embracing our family. In fact, speaking of family, let me show you a picture. <laughs> uh, I don't know who that is. I've never seen them before. I don't know. This was taken our first Sunday here, June 3rd, 1980, on the platform when the church was downtown. Uh, this was Stephanie, our oldest and only uh, daughter. This was Jeremy, our uh, oldest uh, son. And uh, this is Linda, who hadn't changed a bit at all. Uh, over uh, the years, and uh, this is what life, uh, the family, the not family looked like, uh, you know, hard to believe, 40 years ago, and, and here we are some 40 years later. This was uh, taken about a year ago, at Linda's uh, mom, who passed away, went home to be with Jesus uh, at nearly 105 years of age. And a great legacy, and we were together uh, for, uh, uh, for her celebration uh, uh, service uh, uh, almost a year ago. But life has a way of kind of moving on, doesn't it, and getting, a, and getting away uh, from us. But 
We're so grateful for the opportunity that the journey has given. I talk regularly, like I'm sure the other pastors do, of friends went to school with, seminary with, maybe served with, or kept up with in other churches. And uh, uh, I learned a long time ago that what I was experiencing here as one of the pastors and leaders in this church was rare, unique, and a wonderful blessing here. Because uh, not all pastors uh, get to experience the kind of followership, the kind of support, the kind of encouragement that the first family gives its leaders. And you need to know, having been, you know, I guess you could say in the inner circle, your leadership team does not take that for granted and is deeply, deeply appreciative of how you honor and love and follow them. Now, they can't say that they're still here, but man, I'm leaving. I can say that right here in front of you, that we are proud to serve the first family. So thank you very, very much. Well, what do you, what do you, what do you preach? What do you teach on uh, when you've got your final uh, 30 minutes? And uh, man, what do you have left to say after 40 years? I mean, really? Uh, uh, so I really prayed, struggled uh, for a few weeks about what to say, because there were so many uh, directions that I could have gone. And then I just really felt God uh, speak to me by His Spirit. You know, Jimmy, tell them what you've been trying to tell them for 40 years. Why would you change, why would you change the message at the end? In fact, the message may have greater credibility now than it did 10, 15, 20, 30, and 40 years ago. Tell them what you have always told them. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll do that. And to do that, I have to take you back. Many of you have seen this. Uh, I'm a very uh, on point, very uh, purpose-driven individual. Uh, and uh, God gave me a, a direction many years ago uh, called, uh, I'm here to serve others. That's, that's what I want to do. I may not all do as well, but it's always in my heart that I want to do that. I want to add value to the lives of people in any way, form, or fashion that I can do that. I want to serve others specifically by igniting their growth challenging them, challenging them to learn, to grow, and to apply, and to become all that God wants them to be, using my God-given resources of teaching, leading, exhorting, or encouraging, and pursuing it, doing this with core values of truth, integrity, excellence, responsibility, and all to the glory of God. But for 40 years, but especially since I'm going to get into it, 1999, these two words, igniting growth, has been my message in my own personal journey. How could I ever teach, stand before you, and challenge you to grow if in my own journey I wasn't trying to do the same? That would be the height of hypocrisy. But trying to continue to learn and to grow and to come as much like Christ as I could in the time that God gave me. So it's not going to be surprise you. My last official message, you might say, uh, is all about Keep on climbing. Keep on climbing. And my text is from someone who knew what it was to fail in their journey, what it was to, uh, to, to uh, not be all that he needed to be at times, and that was the Apostle Peter. Keep on climbing. Keep on ascending. Keep on growing. Don't stop too close to where you came in. And the text is out of 2 Peter chapter 1. And let me read uh, these uh, eight verses. Simon Peter, who's a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, 
How? By the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His very his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from becoming ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a story of a guide in the Alps, supposedly one of the best, and he heard of some climbers that were in trouble, and he made his way to help them. In the process, he, he perished. And there's a monument on the mountain where he perished trying to save those climbers, and it has these three words on it. He died climbing. He died climbing. I think that's how God wants all of us to finish. Moving forward, ascending and climbing. My journey, my story with Christ is, uh, uh, is, 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 is unique as yours is unique. I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a faith-based home. My mom and dad were both alcoholics. Uh, both loved me and my older brother and, and made provision for us. But spiritual things were just simply not part of, uh, of their journey uh, at all. And at 10 years of age in a small town in northwest Tennessee, I had a friend that invited me to go to vacation Bible school. Uh, I had never been to anything like that. And by the end of the week, uh, I made a faith decision uh, to trust Christ as a 10-year-old. And, uh, and then a few years later, at age 14, my high school football coach invited those who wanted on the football team to go a few miles away to a fellowship, a Christian athletes weekend. And, and I went uh, to that weekend, and I prayed to receive Christ a second time. And then years went by, and, and uh, you know, uh, in uh, high school and uh, and into college. Then at 22 years of age, uh, we had a we had a crisis. We had an unfortunate death in our family, uh, a crib death. Uh, my brother, and it was uh, just really was a, 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 a terrible tragedy. And I went over to uh, Linda's uh, pastor, who was a blind Methodist pastor, and I prayed to receive Christ yet again for the third time. And, uh, and then uh, about, a, about a year later, uh, I made a further decision for Christ. And, and I, I'm not sure which of those, you know, I, I guess you could say were the, were, the, were the real deal. I do know that I'm saved now. I do know that I know Christ, okay? It just took me a while to get there, all right? But something happened in my, in my choices, in my heart, in my mind, here at this 22, 23, you know, almost 50 years ago, that I made a choice, I made another decision. And it built on this decision. This decision was, I need Jesus for life eternal, not to go to hell, but to go to heaven and spend eternity there. I mean, who wouldn't want that deal? 
but not much had happened in my journey in here. And at 22, 23, I made a decision. There has got to be more to this life in following Jesus Christ than I've yet enjoyed and experienced. So I, my tra trajectory as a follower of Christ radically changed. No, I had not been called into ministry. No, I just was a, a basic Christ follower and had not uh, surrendered to any ministry call or preaching or teaching at all. I just said, you know what? I'm going to be serious about my commitment to him. And the only difference in what happened here at 10 or at 13, 14, at 22, 23 was I made a choice. I'm going to keep on climbing. I'm going to keep on growing. I may not always be what, I, what God wants me to be, but I'm going to do my dead level best from now until the time I finish, if I can, finish strong and to keep climbing. That was my goal. That was my goal. And, and I really think it... it it's in the heart and the mind of many Christ followers, but I'm not sure that many ever come to this, to this moment. No, it's not as important as this salvation moment, but it's this growth choice, this growth moment that I'm going to be that all God wants me to be. Let me, let me show it to you visually in terms of a, of a chart. This is a growth, growth versus time uh, chart, okay? Uh, from the time that you and I are born, uh, uh, chronologically, physically, and in stature, uh, assuming that you have normal uh, habits of eating, good diet, sleeping, exercising, what have you, you're going to grow. And what's going to happen is your physical life is going to be like this. Somewhere out here, 15, 20, 22, you're going to stop growing. You're going to stop physically growing. You're going to flatten out. And this is a given. It's automatic. There's really not anything you can do to change it. Research and data support this. But how does that compare to the spiritual life and the spiritual journey? Well, he, this is anecdotal, but nonetheless, it's my observation over the years. We come into an experience with Christ. We have experienced spiritual birth. We say yes to Jesus. Yes, we want to follow Jesus. And we begin, and we have some early ascent. We, we're moving. And then as we move forward, it just kind of begins to kind of be up and down, roller coaster, uh, all the way through. The highs are pretty much the same. The lows are pretty much the same, depending on what's happening in your life's journey. And I would describe that, unfortunately, as pretty normal Christian life for most believers. I don't think it's the spiritual life that God intends for any of his children. I think what he intends and what's more realistic is one that would be described in this red that ascends and goes up, and then it may have some downturn, then it kind of goes up, and it may have some downturn. But the difference in these two is that there is a steady climbing, there's a steady incline in the journey, and though there are still lows in the journey, oftentimes because we're ascending, the lows out here are even higher than a previous high. Does that make sense? I really think that that's what's supposed to happen. I, you know, I think there was some naivety in my journey years ago. I thought, well, maybe I'll just trust Jesus and just to sin. Who knows? But that's not how it works. I think this is real. But the difference here, there is the climb. There is the growth. There is the journey in moving forward. That I think takes just as much a choice of the will as did to come to Christ in the first place. So, Peter, in the verses that I read, I think gives some insight, some instruction 
on how this can take place in my life and in your play, and, and in your life as well. And this is what I think he's trying to teach us. There are two parts to continue to grow. Two parts. God has a part, and that's to supply some resources. We've got to have these resources. We can't do this on our own. And then our part is to take these resources and to apply them and to obey them uh, in, into our life's journey. And it takes both of these. There's a, there's a sense in which our pilgrimage in Christ is a, is a joint uh, a cooperative venture where God and you and I are working together for us to move forward in our journey in Christ likeness. There has to be the partnership, partnership in coming to Christ, and then the partnership in growing in Christ. So let's look at each of these parts and hopefully discover at least some path that can keep us climbing in our journey. First, let's look at God's part. What does He supply? Well, He supplies an equal salvation. What do you mean by that? Well, he says in verse 1, to those who have obtained or received, not earned, not deserved, but have received or uh, uh, by grace a faith, a, a, a salvation here he's talking about, of equal standing of ours. Ours would be Peter. Ours would be those who were uh, disciples and apostles with Peter like James and John. We have obtained or received a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and Jesus Christ. What, what, what is he saying? One of the things that God supplies is that God supplies a salvation that is of equal, equal standing, of equal honor, of equal blessings as he did to Peter, James, and John, and all the other apostles. Their salvation was not any different than your and my salvation. They did not get any more than what you and I have when we come into a relationship with Christ. We are on equal ground. We're, we're, we're on par with all of the apostles of having an equal experience in our relationship with Christ. So everything they experience, we can experience as well. Uh, next is he talks about abundant graces. Notice he says in the next verse 2, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of, uh, of God in Jesus Christ. Ab abundant graces. What does he say? He talks about grace. He talks about grace and he talks about peace. And there's an abundance of these that are multiplied to us in Christ. In other words, he's saying, I will supplies, uh, supply all of the grace and all of the peace you need when you need it. When you need it, I will do that. Now, some of you are wondering, well, where is it now I need it? Well, I'll get to you in a minute. Okay, just hang on, all right? God's part supply, equal salvation, abundant graces. This is one of my favorite, divine power. Can't do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. Verse 3, His divine power has freely granted, that's the word, to us, notice, all things, not some, not most, not just when we need it, all things that pertain to life, and godliness, to life and to godliness. What's he saying? Well, the word life there is zoe. It means spiritual life. It means the life of God in the soul of an individual, which is what you and I enter into when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What he's saying is that God has provided in his divine power all that is needed and necessary for us to come into spiritual life with Him. Us to come into a personal relationship with Him through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. He has supplied that life. But He didn't just stop there. And godliness. He didn't just supply, this is what you need to do to enter the life. He also supplies what you and I need to live the life. 
to live, to enjoy, to develop, to grow, to learn, to influence, to impact, to be salt, to be light. He provides that as well. All things that pertain to life and to God, to enter the Christian life and to live the Christian life is what he's saying in the passage. And then he goes on to say in verse 4, by which he has granted to us his, very, his precious and very great promises. Now, someone counted them. I didn't say there are about 7,500 promises in the Bible. Peter just mentions two, but I think they're two of the most valuable and important. One is, he says, we become partakers of his divine nature. What does Peter mean by that? Because he certainly experienced. He means that at the moment of trusting Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell, permanently indwell, every follower of Christ. And since the Holy Spirit is a person, he doesn't come into our lives in parts. He comes in as a whole. And he indwells us. He permeates us. He fills us. And if we let him, he controls us as well. That is divine power that you and I must have to be all that God wants us to be. Especially, notice what he says in the last part of verse 4, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. It's just not going to be easy. It's difficult. Even though we've come into a relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in us, it's a battle. We still struggle with making the right decisions. We still are tempted and fail. We have successes. We have failures. At least my journey does, and I'm sure yours does as well. But God has supplied, look at, the, look at all of the resources, equal salvation, abundant graces, divine power, and precious promises. That's God's part. And he has supplied that. He has supplied it. But what's our part? What's our part? Well, he picks up on our part beginning in verse 5. Up to this point, really, up to this point, all Christians are equal. All Christians are equal. But now is when things begin to uh, when there begins to be differences. Our part is to obey. Notice what he says. For this very reason. What reason? Well, because God's done his part. Because God has provided the resources. Because God has supplied what we need. Because God has given us all things that pertain to life and to living the life that he wants to live. He wants us to live. Because God has done his part, you make every effort. You make every effort. You make every effort. You make the choice. You make the decision. You be diligent. You be zealous. You don't be neglectful. You be committed. You jump on the bat. You give it everything that you have. That's my job. That's your job. That's not God's job to do that. It's our job. It's our choice to do that. Make every effort to do what, though? Let's be purposeful. To supplement, to add, uh, to develop, to learn, to grow, to climb your faith, to build on it. It's almost like he's, he's starting some kind of a structure and he's slowly building on it throughout our life experience with Christ. And that's what he closes with. What are the supplements that you and I need to add to continue to grow in the journey? Well, he tells us in the text beginning in verse 5. Notice, notice here, I'm going to show you a mountain here this, this is an effort to give you a visual to keep on climbing. Obviously, the Summa Bonum, the top, the summit, is for us to become more and more like Christ. That's where we're trying to ascend to. Here at the very bottom, here at the base, is faith. It's salvation. It's that, it's that, uh, that initial experience back in, back in the past where you said yes to Jesus. You made that choice, and you were saved. And then he says, though, but add or to supplement your faith with 
virtue. Now, let me, what, what, what is that? What does that mean? Well, the word means the proper fulfillment of something. Uh, what's the best thing a hammer can do? Hammer. What's the best thing a knife can do? Cut. What's the best thing uh, scissors can do? Scissor. Cut. I don't know. Scissors, okay. Follow the thought. Well, what's the best thing a Christian can do? What's the best thing a follower of Christ can do? It's, it's not hard. It's not a question. The answer is the best thing that I can do as a follower of Christ is be committed to follow Christ. That's choice. That's the best thing I can do. The proper fulfillment of someone coming to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is to do as much as you possibly can in a cooperative venture with God to become as much like him as you possibly can in whatever time that you have. That's the proper fulfillment of what it means to be Christian. Add to this, this, uh, this, this, this saving event that took place in the past, the first thing is add a commitment, a choice of your will to become as much like Christ as possible. But that's not enough. You've got to know, well, what does that look like? Where will that take me? So he says, add to your salvation, your faith, add virtue, a commitment to become as much like Christ and you need knowledge. What does that look like? What am I pursuing when I'm pursuing Christ likeness? It's interesting. Three times he uses that same word knowledge. It's more than just biblical information. More than that. It's what you do with that information. Of course you have to get the information. Sure you have to. And study the Bible. Listening to sermons. Listening to podcasts. Uh, watching uh, 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 teachings. And, and being in a small group. All of those things are critically important in increasing the knowledge base. But what's more important is what you do with what you learn. Because biblically the opposite of, of knowledge. opposite of knowledge in the Christian experience is not ignorance. It's disobedience. We don't really know something until we're practically living it. So to climb the mountain, we've got to have the beginning, but then we have to have this commitment to be like Christ. But we've got to know what does that look like that we get through the learning experience, which in, in our day and time, especially with social media, there are many, many different uh, uh, platforms to do that. And then you add to your knowledge self-control. Self-control. Where does that come in? Well, the self-control comes in that we need discipline to take the knowledge we've learned and to flesh it out in our daily journey with everyone. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to live it. And we need self-control and discipline to do that in our own journey. And we're responsible, you know, to work with God in supplying that. And it takes an awful lot of discipline and self-control to live for Christ and to go in Christ, especially in the world in which you and I live. Okay? But he's not done. Add to salvation, commitment to Christ's likeness, knowledge of what that looks like, self-control to obey on a consistent basis, and then next, steadfastness. What does that mean? It means it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. That's why a lot of folks who start here, they may start through this thing, they get here, and, and boom, something happens, tragedy, accident, difficulties, trials, problems, happens in their life, and they throw it all in, they chuck it. It takes steadfastness because blows are going to come. Bumps are going to come. Wrecks are going to come. They are to all of our lives. 
And if you don't know that, if you don't have the steadfastness, the perseverance, and the courage to continue your walk with God through that, you're not going to keep climbing. You just, you just quit. You just quit. See, the, the, climbing, the climber has to be committed to the climb. He's got to, got to know how to climb. He's got to be disciplined and self-controlled to make the climb. But then he can't quit at the first sign of trouble or difficulty. What's next? Next is godliness. Next is godliness. The idea here is when you, when you start growing, okay, the enemy's going to start throwing things at you. And if he doesn't, you'll, you and I will make enough stupid decisions that will damage ourselves. We can be our own worst enemies. And we face these difficulties, and it's just easy to quit. So how do we not quit? It's focus. It's focus. David talked about this in one of the first sermons a few weeks ago when we started the stories. It's keeping your eyes focused. It's like you're remembering, this is not about me. It's about him. And my goal and my aim is to become as much like him as possible. And no matter what happens in my journey, though it makes no sense to me at times, and though it may cause me tremendous pain and heartache and disappointment, I am not going to quit on God because I know he's not going to quit on me. And I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize, my eyes on focus on the whole reason that I'm traveling. And that's not about my comfort, but his. But his being who he wants you and me to be. We've got to keep that in mind. Yeah, we're kind of up and down. I get that, okay? But we never keep our eyes from the prize. And then next is, uh, I love this one, brotherly affection. It's where we get philosophy. It's friendship love. But, but here, I think what he's talking about is that doing these things on your own is probably not going to happen. We need others in our lives, okay? It's hard to be your best self by yourself. Okay, I, I think uh, a good way to put this, discipleship is ultimately friendship with a spiritual twist on it. That's why, what, that's why your spiritual leaders are constantly trying to provide some method, some platform for you to engage in small groups with others. Why? Because we know, it's true in our journey, and we know by watching others, if you get in a group, two, four, six, or eight, and you share your spiritual journeys, and you learn from the Word of God, there's a greater likelihood that you're going to continue to grow and become all that God wants you to be, which will not happen by yourself. I don't care how many podcasts or how many sermons you listen to. You need the brotherly and sisterly, I guess, affection, okay? And then last is love. It's love. That's the, that, that's, that's the summit. We're never more like Jesus than we're loving and serving, serving others because we love others. See, this is the summit. And notice, I, I know there's a sense of, a, of sequence to this or progression, but there's also a sense that they're overlapping at the same time. Wish I could explain that better. All of these are kind of happening at once. But it does give a little bit of definition Rather than me just getting up there and saying, grow, God bless you, and good luck. Okay? Is look in these areas in terms of your basic commitment, in terms of your knowledge of Scripture, and your discipline to live out what you know, and how are you handling when the difficulties come? Are you keeping your focus? Are you in uh, some kind of accountability and support? And is it showing in your love life to anyone and everyone? That's the measure. And if it's not happening, get to work. It's your choice. It's your choice. See, the summit up here is becoming as much like Christ as possible. And then he says here in this last verse, as I wrap up, if these qualities are yours and increasing, growing as you climb, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus 
Christ. You want to be productive? You want to be fruitful? You want to make a difference for Christ? Peter tells us how to do that. Keep growing. Keep on growing. So, Jimmy, what's your final message to the First Baptist Church of Orlando? It's not new. It's the same old, same old. And I'm looking in the mirror just like I'm looking at you. Keep on growing. Keep on growing. Amen? I want to ask my wife to come and join me, honey. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please, as we wrap up? We've been on the receiving end for 40 years of prayer. Prayer's been that behind-the-scenes secret ingredient that probably kept uh, us together and uh, family together through uh, difficult times, uh, ministry and all of that. And we wanted to close our public ministry, you might say, to the people that we love by returning that favor. And no one prays better than my sweet wife. No one. So I'm going to ask her to close our time together praying for you, honey. No, Father, we thank you for this time of worship and celebration. We thank you for being such a great and good God who has well resourced us and given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And I pray for these, your people, Father, that you would motivate them to make the commitment to climb the mountain to be more like you, that it's such a sweet walk up that mountain, difficult at times, yes, but they're just hidden treasures in the darkness of the difficulty at times. May we persevere. May we not give up. May we always know that you and your Holy Spirit will give us the power and the courage to carry on to be more like Christ so that we may put you on display to a world that is in need and in pain and hurting and needs to know the love of Jesus. And that we may allow your spirit to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace within us so that we can spill it over onto our families, onto our neighbors, and onto the world that leads it so much. We thank you and we love you in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you help me thank Jimmy and Linda? Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week. Jesus Christ. You want to be productive? You want to be fruitful? You want to make a difference for Christ? Peter tells us how to do that. Keep growing. Keep on growing. So, Jimmy, what's your final message to the First Baptist Church of Orlando? It's not new. It's the same old, same old. And I'm looking in the mirror just like I'm looking at you. Keep on growing. Keep on growing. Amen? I want to ask my wife to come and join me, honey. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please, as we wrap up? We've been on the receiving end for 40 years of 
Prayer. Prayer's been that behind-the-scenes secret ingredient that probably kept uh, us together and uh, family together through uh, difficult times, uh, ministry and all of that. And we wanted to close our public ministry, you might say, to the people that we love by returning that favor. And no one prays better than my sweet wife. No one. So I'm going to ask her to close our time together praying for you, honey. No, Father, we thank you for this time of worship and celebration. We thank you for being such a great and good God who has well resourced us and given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And I pray for these, your people, Father, that you would motivate them to make the commitment to climb the mountain to be more like you, that it's such a sweet walk up that mountain, difficult at times, yes, but they're just hidden treasures in the darkness of the difficulty at times. May we persevere. May we not give up. May we always know that you and your Holy Spirit will give us the power and the courage to carry on to be more like Christ so that we may put you on display to a world that is in need and in pain and hurting and needs to know the love of Jesus. And that we may allow your spirit to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace within us so that we can spill it over onto our families, onto our neighbors, and onto the world that leads it so much. We thank you and we love you in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you help me thank Jimmy and Linda? Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week. world that is in need and in pain and hurting and needs to know the love of Jesus and that we may allow your spirit to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace within us so that we can spill it over onto our families, onto our neighbors, and onto the world that leads it so much. We thank you and we love you in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you help me thank Jimmy and Linda. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week. that we may allow your spirit to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace within us so that we can spill it over onto our families, onto our neighbors, and onto the world that leads it so much. We thank you and we love you in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you help me thank Jimmy and Linda. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.
world that is in need and in pain and hurting and needs to know the love of Jesus. And that we may allow your spirit to bear the fruit of love and joy and peace within us so that we can spill it over onto our families, onto our neighbors, and onto the world that leads it so much. We thank you and we love you in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you help me thank Jimmy and Linda? Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.